Voice of Fintech. Welcome to Voice of Fintech, a podcast mapping out Swiss and European fintech scene, connecting fintech enthusiasts with startups, incubators, accelerators, business angels and VCs, and incumbents interested in partnerships. Voice of Fintech will help you navigate the fintech ecosystem. Here you can listen to the startup founder stories, what investors and incumbents are looking for when dealing with startups, and find out more about resources provided by incubators and accelerators. My name is Rudy Fallad, and I'll be hosting this podcast. Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech. Today we're joined by Harsh, who is a co-founder of Invisage, that is a participant of the current batch at the F10 Incubator and Accelerator in Zurich. And we're going to talk to him about the research. Of course, the research function in banking and investing has changed a lot the last few years, and it's going to change going forward. And one of the one of the key aspects of research function was do I have a research analyst? Am I a research analyst? Am I trading with the right one? And uh, of course, there have been solutions for that in, in the past. And one of them is rate, just ranking on, the, on Bloomberg and things like that. But also, there are other firms who don't care about this too much and beautiful and thick reports. But they do care about the performance more than anything else. And probably, I would expect this is where we headed. And this is what we're going to talk about. Hi, Harsh. So can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your company and the team as well? Uh, hi, Rudy. Thanks for having me over to the podcast. I'm, I'm the CEO of Invisage. We are a small team of 10 members at the moment. We have a tech center in India. My co-founder, Vishnu, who is the CEO, he, he leads uh, more on the side of analytics and creating the product, whereas I'm managing day-to-day operations. All right, then why have you decided to start your own company? We have a very large amount of volume of research coming in on a daily basis to all the analysts. The question is, which research produces more performance than all the others? But why you personally? Oh, why, why you didn't want to be an employee? So Vishnu and I, we studied together about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And when we met again in the UK, he was already working on this idea. And we, we found it fascinating that given the regulation changes, this was an opportunity we wanted to make most of. And on a personal basis, I think we both are excited by the idea of working for ourselves and hopefully creating something which, which shapes how the, how the markets evolve in the near future. Okay. And uh, I spoke to a lot of guests on, on this in the past and uh, tried to discover how the co-founders on the team differ from each other. So yeah. how do you complement each other? So as luck would have it, I'm the only person in the team who is uh, in the core team who is not from a financial background. So we, we have very drastic differences sometimes, but it helps in creating the diversity and out-of-box thinking. Uh, Vishnu and some of our advisors come with a lot of asset management industry uh, background. And that's where the critical thinking about what should be the, the, the way we model and create the methodology for research evaluation comes from. And collectively, we are also then able to leverage how we should not only just do the research analytics, but how should we create a model or benchmarking, which is readily usable on a day-to-day basis by portfolio managers. So what is Envisage and uh, what is the problem that you're trying to solve? Envisage is an investment research analytics firm. What we do is evaluate how much value does research add to your portfolios. The way to look at it is currently we have some subjective models to evaluate the quality of research. But in objective terms, we don't have clarity and transparency needed to assess how good a research has been in in the past. 
that's what we do and we can do it for multi assets so we can take um, you know something like equities or fixed bonds and capture given the recommendation by an analyst how much value did they add over a period of time and why now some regulatory changes especially mifid um, 2 has transpired things like research should be paid for suddenly research has become a paid commodity and it has started to appear on pnl of the firms with these cost pressures it is it is important that you know firms rationalize their research budgets it is also important that active managers produce you know the additional value so that they can compete against alternatives like passives so i think it's a very good time to be in in a business which can help not only identify good research but help you identify those good ideas coming from credible sources and that's what we do if i try to understand your solution versus what's going on in house in the banks and you know which employ the the analysts what are the good and bad practices of the solutions that are out there today whether that's a ranking of the analysts or pnl of the traders what do you think is out there in the marketplace and what do you bring from outside in to make it better so looking from the buy side the most prominent form of evaluation would be something like broker voting which is highly subjective and it is not very frequent so you get a snapshot of how good the perception of an analyst is so every portfolio manager will have their you know good known sources that they will really like to go to whereas what we believe is the ability to add you know value to your portfolios is how you should be measured so if an analyst less popular or more popular it doesn't matter readership again is a very subjective term to us the only thing which matters is the the movement in the market and hence uh, this we believe is the only objective form of evaluating okay so how do you do it then from outside in or do you do you provide a solution to the buy side or mm-hmm. or to whom yes so we we work with uh, both buy side and sell side and the way it functions is on our platform we can capture research from the sell side which comes in and we more create model portfolios for each of them and you can you can modify it based on your investment universe right. so so you can say well i'm interested in only certain sectors or certain size or certain regions and based on your universe you can identify who are the top performing research analysts or research providers this rank then gives you an identity of whom should i first read or whom should i talk to first and that helps you prioritize prioritize research based on the you know their past performance this also gives a tool to say if i were to look at a new piece of research who has given the most performance in the past on that singular stock and how can it shape my going forward how can it shape my you know my consumption of research should i re- remove some research providers should i add few more if so what is their additional value fair enough but let's start to dig into a little bit on to the model portfolio yeah. so how do you construct it good question so yeah so the model portfolio uh, is built on on a day to day basis on a daily basis we capture what is the open recommendation given by uh, an analyst or a research provider and on a daily basis we are then creating a composite of all the open recommendations as if they are being traded so let's say if you are a research provider named a a research your portfolio will have composite of all the uh, recommendations that you have given in the past which happen to be open today and hence you get a you know market price version of what your research is indicative of okay so basically what you're selling to what you're telling to the clients is that if you were to trade based on these analysts ideas mm-hmm. the european l would be x 
mm-hmm. and therefore you should go with with the research analysts of AB. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So so what this model portfolio reflects is if you behave exactly as they are telling you to, what is the performance that you can expect? And currently the way benchmarking is done is to say, well, analysis has given you certain performance and let's compare it with the with the with the market index. So if you are trading in the US, maybe you'll compare it with something like S&P 500. What we say is that that is not the true true match. What you should compare them is a like-to-like comparison with any other research provider who may be active on the same investment universe as you. And that's why we can then compare two model portfolios directly and show you what is the absolute performance and what is the relative performance of two analysts. And what about the speed? Because, of course, speed is of an essence sometimes or (laughs) almost every day in trading, right? So how do you cope with that? That's a very interesting problem uh, to have. And the way we have tackled is by creating something we call alpha decay. The question is, if you're very popular and you have given a recommendation today, most of the market movement will happen today itself. And hence, the validity of your ideas have a time, time duration fixed to it. Whereas somebody who has given and has, you know, takes much longer to capture the value, you can be slightly more relaxed to consume that piece of information. And what we do is by, cre- by capturing that movement on individual stock and on analyst level, we can identify how quickly that alpha is captured. So when you're going through the reports, you can, you can identify when to consume them and how. Okay. And then let's go back again and to clarify, who are your clients? Are you selling it to the buy side or also the sell side? Right. So so the way, uh, so our model is that we we charge only the buy side. Mm -hmm. The product at the moment is free for the sell side. The the sell side will have visibility only to their own portfolios. So they can see how they are stacking and they can compare it only with market indices. They can use it for internal consumption and internal measurements. Whereas the buy side, it's a paid product for them, but they can source all the information, including alternative and uh, you know, big data sets, and compare them with any other research provider, including like a fundamental analyst. And they can then view on a daily basis how the performance is moving, who's adding most value to their portfolios, and whom should they pay more attention to. Are these portfolios linked to particular analysts? So let's say that um, the one covers consumer and the other one industrials. But my portfolio on the buy side is a combination of the two. So how do you deal with that? Right. So all the, all the rankings that we produce are, are not, not static. So they're, they're quite dynamic and they are purely based on your investment universe. So if, if your investment universe has, as you said, you know, two different sectors, the rankings will, will either be broken down to individual or you can see overall who's adding that value. So are the portfolios linked to a particular analyst in a sector or if I have a portfolio that is a combination of consumer, industrials and, and oil and gas, so uh, then how can, I, how can I use your product? How can you help me with, uh, with the solution you were explaining? If your universe has a composite of three you know, industries, sectors, we can show the ranking based on you know, your total universe, who's adding more value and so on. You can continue to break it down further. You can say, okay, I want to need, know first who's highest performer in consumer goods. So you can do that for granular detail as well. We do not believe in absolute rankings, so there's no gold standard set ones. All the rankings are subjective to your investment universe, which you can continue to refine. The way we measure is 
we do two things. One is the value added by each research analyst or provider in their own portfolios. But you can do you can go a step further and say, my weights may differ from that of an analyst in their portfolio. And hence, we call it research attribution. So given your trading, if we look back and compare it with the open recommendations of the research analysts on that day, we can, we can help you calculate how much absolute value did each provider add to your portfolios. So you may be consuming it from three, four different sources. And that also works if it's more complex. So in other words, it's not just a combination of long only uh, different sectors, mm-hmm. but maybe I, you know, I use leverage. At the end of the day, maybe some of the errors from particular analysts on that day are multiplied or, or reduced and things like this. Mm-hmm. So as I said, it's, it's not like for like. Mm-hmm. If you tell me that uh, this analyst messed up this week, and the other one didn't, yeah. maybe the relationship is more complex than that. So can you also deal with these sort of situations? As you said, the, the matter is quite complex and we don't intend to and we cannot replace the, the role of the active manager itself. You know, so they will continue to have their own model. This is just to help them identify what information shows the evidence to be a stronger candidate than all the others. Once you have that, then you can continue to you know, model it or use it in the form that you continue to in the past. And this is, this is more of identifying good research and then separating it from, from the volume of research that is coming in. Okay. And what are your thoughts on actually having sell-side analysts in the future? Because mm-hmm. uh, obviously after MIFID, a lot of people were trying to find new roles. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not a profession um, that has so many practitioners as it used to be used to have a lot of people want to go to buy side or do something completely different so it sounds great that you selected that your paying customers will be the buy side analysts but will you further accelerate this process of actually doing research on the buy side rather than buying it from the banks on the sell side that's a very interesting question and as you said so mifid 2 has resulted in shrinking off total coverage. So we know that, you know, especially with small cap, the research has gone down, the number of people doing research has gone down. I think almost 57% firms said that, you know, their the research consumption has gone down since Buffett too. So there are these strong indicators that the market is shifting. But the question is, I think Buffett too initially gave this shockwave and the, everybody was thinking more about costs. But the long-term question is about performance. Am I able to create more value for my end investors? And I think once the markets are fully settled in, the value will be captured. And, you know, I think the value of research is not going anywhere. It's more about modality saying, should it be more buy side focused and should be less sell side and so on. I think with a tool like ours, if you are able to then demonstrate, okay, it does my internal research add the same amount of value as, you know, sell side was doing. If not, then there's a strong argument to go back to that old uh, settlement. If it does perform similar to any other outsourced model, then yeah, then people remain. Okay. So where are you on your journey today with your tool, with your company? So we, we, have, we have been you know, working on this for, for quite some time now. We have the, the version that we discussed today. We are ready with that. So we have some people who are already trying trying the model. One thing we are already working on is text analysis. And we want to be able to capture all the information 
and showcase a summary to, to our research, uh, so, sorry, to our buyer side clients. The idea is over 40,000 research pieces are written weekly and only two to 3% are being read. So what happens to the, to the remaining is, and what, what value do, do they hold? So what we are building now is text analysis layer, which reads all the documents which are not humanly possible to be read and give you a summary of what novel information is out there. So you can decide how to you know, rationalize your time and, and resources. And if there's something which we suspect has the value to you, we will be able to highlight that. So we are working keenly on that. Okay, great. So what are the next steps for you this year and beyond? So this year, we, we want to onboard our you know, initial few sets of clients. That's our biggest objective. In our fundraising journey, uh, this is the time when we will go for you know, a bigger round as well. In terms of team, we, we are already, uh, like I said, we are 10 people, and I think we, we should be able to sustain it with the same number. Okay, cool. Well, thank you, Harsh. So where can interested parties reach you, and what kind of people are the most relevant for you to help you go further? So we believe any, any asset manager or portfolio manager who's interested to identify good research more efficiently should get in touch with us. Any sell side who, who believes that a tool is needed to identify their research as a, as a better research than their competitor, this is the most objective way we know of. They can get us in touch through LinkedIn or visit our website, envisagealpha.com. And like I said earlier, Envisage with an I. All right. Yes, cool. Thank you very much, Harsh, and good luck to Envisage. Thank you, Rudy. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Voice of Fintech podcast. If you haven't already, check out also voiceoffintech.com, where you will find all the episodes and additional resources related to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Voice of Fintech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast app that you like. If you have any suggestions on the topics or guests, or how to make this podcast better for you, please email us at info at Happy to hear from you. Thank you.